Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, good morning. Well, you see the title of the message there. We know we're in the sixth uh, part of our series. We are teaching through the second letter of Peter. We're teaching through the second letter of Peter. Peter. And, and so next week will be the last part. Uh, but this Sunday, we're starting on something that's very interesting. So let's open our Bibles to Second Peter and all either... Look at the screen. Doesn't matter. It's going to be there. When verse, well, chapter 2, we're going to be in verse 19. It's talking about the false teachers who are promising a lot of things to the people in the congregation there, but they were empty promises. And it says in verse 19, promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by what a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. For if after they have escaped the defilement of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment handed on to them. Now, some people use this uh, text there, these verses, as a way of saying that you can lose your salvation. So you have two schools of thought usually and, and then some in between that uh, you can lose your salvation once you're saved. And another school of thought is that you can't lose your salvation once you're saved if you're truly saved. It's the uh, eternal security of the believer. Well, here they use this text as as you can lose your salvation. Because it clearly said that it would have been better off if they had not known the way of righteousness. Well, let's look at verse 22. I don't, I don't believe you can use this text as losing your salvation, uh, really. Um, and I don't believe you can lose your salvation anyway. Uh, you know that if you've been in the church long enough. Uh, I believe that, that if you're truly saved, you're saved. Okay? Now, here you have false teachers. They had known the way of righteousness, but they turned away from it. What does that mean? Now, in verse 22, it gives us, it gives us a little clarification here. As it happened to them, according to the true proverb. It's a true proverb, it says. A dog returns to his own vomit. And a sow, after washing, returns to wallowing in the mouth. Now, that's a key to the above verses to me in saying that if you are a sow, if you're a pig, I don't care how much you wash this pig. I don't care how much you clean it up. You can put, you can put a gold chain around his neck. It doesn't really matter. It's still going to be a what? A pig. It's going to be a pig. And a pig's going to return and, 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 and wallow in the mouth because that's what pigs what? Do. That's what they do. Okay? Not so with salvation. Not so. God did not say that if you're saved, you are the same. You're going to always be the same. He doesn't say that. Matter of fact, he says 
that you are a new creation. He says that old things passed away. Behold, all things are new. That's what he says in 2 Corinthians. That's what he says. Corinthians 5, 7, somewhere, 17, somewhere in there. Let's look at um, the Gospel of John, chapter 3. Let's go there. You remember I said last week, you have, to, you have to know the Word of God. Because if you don't know the Word of God, people tell you something, anything. And you say, oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. That makes sense. But if you don't know the word of God, it, it might make sense. Now, in verse 1, is, he's talking to, Jesus talking here. He said, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. That's, that's kind of smart. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I said to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now what does Jesus say? Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That means he's not going to be saved. He's got to be born again. And Nicodemus asked a good question. Because Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I said to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that, that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now, when, it's, when he says that which is born of flesh is flesh, now you know that you can't be saved if you're never born into this world. You know that, right? You've got to be born into the world. You've got to be born. And that's, that's, that's a, unless a man is born again. You've got to be born into the world. First time, a flesh. What's of the flesh? Flesh. What's of the Spirit? And you've got to be born again of the Spirit of God. That's what you got to do. And I don't know anybody who knows how that happens. Oh, we know that God does it. We know that we can confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts. We can, we can do all this. We know that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We know all those scriptures, but we still don't know, well, how does it happen? Does God beat you, hit you on the head? Boom! And you, you just say, ah! I'm saved. Oh, how does that happen? You know, so the wind blows you. I mean, you might hear it, but you don't, you don't see it. So how do you know when somebody's saved? How do you really know? Because some of you have uh, uh, friends, co-workers, relatives, and, and, and you, you say, well, huh, I, I know they confess their sins, when they were little, I know they went up and, and, and joined the church or they, 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 they confessed with their mouth, they believed in the heart, they said. And I don't know what a, when a person believes in the heart. Do you? I don't know when they believe in the heart. I know when they confess something with their mouth. But people say a lot of things, don't they? How do you know then? That's what we said we were going to talk about today. Because of Second Peter, those verses, and we all wonder sometimes, and I said we're not going to be, my point is we're not going to be running around trying to be salvation inspectors because that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility 
is to uh, pray for people to uh, witness Jesus Christ and to lead them into the salvation plan. Uh, that's our responsibility. It's up to God to rebirth them, isn't it? It's up to God. Now we can we can see the fruit. That's what we'll talk about today. Let's let's look at it in Romans. Romans. Let's go there. We're gonna we're gonna stay in Romans uh, almost all the time. The rest of the twenty five minutes or so. In Romans chapter eight, it says, Therefore there is now no condemnation. None. There's not going to be any condemnation when you stand before Christ. There's none, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. So you don't have to worry about that. No condemnation. For what the law could not do Weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So what do I, what do I have to make sure I'm doing? Walking, not according to the flesh, but according to the Holy Spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Holy Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on on the flesh is death. It's called a corner minded. It's death. But the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. It's talking about eternal life. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God. But, or for, it is not even able to do so. Now, now this, this is interesting. Verse 8. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Simple. If we're controlled by the flesh, we can't please God. That's kind of simple, isn't it? If we are controlled by the flesh, we cannot please God. However, and now this is this is very interesting here. I want you to look at it closely. However, you are not in the flesh. That means you're not you're not controlled by the flesh, but you're controlled by the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells. In you. Oh. So that gives me an, 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 an assurance, doesn't it? I can be assured that I'm not controlled by the flesh if the Spirit of God dwells in me. The Spirit of God dwells in everyone who is born again. Everyone, if you're born again, you have the Spirit of God in you because it's been given to you as a, as, as a, a pledge. And we could turn to it and I can show you that, but I don't think you, you think, uh, I think you know I'm telling the truth. Do you know I'm telling the truth? The Holy Spirit has been given to us as a pledge. And what is a pledge? A pledge is a 
a down payment for that which was purchased and is more to come later. That's what a pledge is. And so God has given us the spirit as a down payment on our inheritance to come. I said, wow, this is good. This is good. When God gives you a pledge, it's a pledge. God doesn't go back on his pledges. It's a pledge. He says that you are mine. Here is the Holy Spirit. He's going to dwell in you, and he's going to make sure he brings you into your inheritance. So that's why the scripture says that you are not in control by the flesh, but by the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So how do we know if somebody is born again? If you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you can forget it. You can forget it. He said, well, I think, I think uh, John Doe is controlled by his spirit. I think he's in the flesh a lot. You know, he's not in the spirit. He's in the flesh a lot. He's not controlled by the spirit. He's, a, he's controlled by the flesh. So I don't believe he's saved. Well, does it say that? No. It says that you are not controlled by the flesh. Now, it doesn't say that you don't make mistakes, does it? It doesn't say that you can't get in the flesh every now and then, does it? No. It says you're not controlled by the flesh. That means that your, that's your lifestyle. That means that, you remember we read it earlier in Romans, that, that your mind is set on the flesh. That means that, that that's all you think about. That's all you care about. It's no, it's no spirit of God. It's no nothing. It, it, it's, it's what pleases God. My flesh, what it wants, that's what I want. That's what he's saying. Now listen to verse 10. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ, Jesus, from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. To me, that's an assurance. That's an assurance. If the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to his mortal body through his spirit. Who dwells in me. That's what we can be assured of. We're going to have eternal life. Because the spirit of God. Is going to bring us to our inheritance. That's what it's saying. Now. <laughs> this is cool. Verse 12. So then. Because of what I just said. Brethren. We are not under obligation. To the flesh. To live according to the flesh. We're not under obligation. Because God has set us free. Hasn't it? Now I'm going to skip over. Verse 13, 14, 15. And go to 16. Then come back to 13. Verse 16. The spirit. Himself. Testifies with our spirit, that we are children of God. How do I know that I'm born again? How do I know that when I die, that my spirit, my soul, I'm going to be present with the Lord? How do I know on that day of judgment, I'm going to be in heaven with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How do I know that? 
How can, be, I, how can I be assured that? That's what we were talking about today. The Spirit himself testify, testifies. What is testify? Uh, let's, let's ask a question. Let's ask a question here. What is testify? Well, no, let's not think prayer mission because some most of you don't know who prayer mission is. <laughs> prayer mission was a lawyer, and they, they still have reruns of, of, of that. And, and he never lost a case that I know of. If prayer mission, you know, if he was your lawyer, you know you're gonna win. You know the outcome. You don't know how it's gonna come out, but you know that that person was innocent because he's gonna prove he's innocent. But whoever on in a, in a, in a uh, law in a courtroom, if they bring a, a witness, that's what I said, the Holy Spirit is going to witness with your spirit that you're a son of God. Testify. What does that witness do? Testify. They, they bring that witness up. I want to call uh, Virgil Moore to the stand. Right? I want to call Willie Taylor to the stand. Okay? Now, what is Willie Taylor going to do when he sits down? You know, do you... Well, tell the truth, whole truth, nothing but the truth, whatever you got. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. And, and they said, okay. Then they're going to start asking you a question. What, uh, what, what are you doing when they ask you a question? Testifying. You're testifying. And usually a, testi- uh, a testimony, you, if you have a witness, that witness was either there or know something that's going to shine light on this case that's going to either help the defense or help the prosecutor, right? So it says here that the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. That's what it says. Now, you know the testimony of the Holy Spirit. He's God because we have one God and three persons. So the Holy Spirit is going to tell the truth, isn't he? If he, going to, if he testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, that, that's why it says that, that if you have the spirit of God, if he dwells in you, you are a child of God. He's going to testify with your spirit. You're a child of God. How does, that, how does that work? What does that testimony sound like? Does it, does, what does it feel like, this testimony? Because I wonder that. Because we have to, don't we tell people that? They say, well, I don't know whether I'm saved or not. Well, the Holy Spirit testifies to your spirit that you're a child of God. That's how you know. They're going to ask a, a serious question. Well, how do I know what this testimony feels like or sounds like? What does he do to testify? Well, the, 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 the scripture tells us. Now let's go back to 13. So we try to find out what does this testimony feel like, sound like? How do we know, in other words, that the Spirit is testifying with our spirit. How do we know that? Well, verse 13 says, of chapter 8, we went backwards now. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death, and the King James will say, mortifying. If by the Spirit you're mortifying the deeds of, the, of, 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 of your body, you will live. So you have two things there. Life and death. Death is if you are living according to the, the flesh. Life, eternal life, if you're putting to death the deeds of the body. 
So how do I know the Spirit is testifying with my spirit? Because I'm putting to death the deeds of this body. I am keeping under this body, bringing it under subjection, least by any means when I have proclaimed or preached to others, I myself will be a castaway. So I'm bringing this flesh under control. That's what this testimony is doing. The Holy Spirit is doing within you. It didn't say if you, by your willpower, by the strength of your character, is putting to death the deeds of the body, you should live. It did not say that. It said if you, by the Spirit, are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. That's the key. That's the key. Because many people can bring this body under subjection. Many people. I mean, every athlete has to bring the body under subjection when they're in training. There's been many people, they couldn't stop eating the wrong things until they found out that the doctor said, One month, keep eating it, and you're going to be pushing up daisies. They can stop by their own what? Willpower. Many people, I've heard testimony, they said, I was smoking all my life, but I found out that, man, that if, if this keeps going in a little while, I'm going to have cancer of the lungs. They stopped smoking. Why they stop? Because the doctor said that they're going to die if they don't stop. The spirit doesn't have anything to do with it. Zilch. Is that right? We don't need the Holy Spirit to, uh, uh, we, God gave us a will for sure. He wants us to use it. But we can use our will to do a lot of things, can't we? But this scripture says that uh-uh. This is what the testimony of the Holy Spirit is like. You are, by the Spirit, the, initia- the, the, you know, the, the initiation that the, the Spirit is doing this thing. You're doing it, but the Holy Spirit is initiating it, and he's saying, okay, this has got to go. This has got to go. You talk to any bricklayer, any bricklayer, and they said, hey, hey, how do you get these bricks to stay still? How do you get these, this, this brick wall to stay there? You can sit on it. You can kick it. You can do what you want to. Those bricks not moving. How does a, how does a, 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 a bricklayer do it? He put what between those bricks? Mortar. Mortar. And that's what the King James would say, mortify the deeds of the body. But mortify means put it to death. That's what it means. You got you to you cause it not to move. The deeds of the, this body not going anywhere. Okay? I don't care whether uh, the body want to, want, to, want to do something that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to do, like fornication or pornography. I don't care what it is. You name it. It's in here, or, or our mouth. We want to talk about people. We want to, you know, uh, get mad and anger in our anger. We want to say things. We should, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to put to death those deeds. That's what he's saying. That's how I know that the Holy Spirit is witness with my spirit because the Holy Spirit is telling me, you said this right here. You go back. And you ask for forgiveness. You'll be surprised the number of times we know that we have done something wrong, said something wrong, been out of line, but we don't say anything about it to the person or people we have wronged. Because 
we don't have humility. And we'll just go on just like it's never happened. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. Yeah, you've gotten upset with somebody, said something, raised your voice or something, or said something out of line, and the Holy Spirit Go get it right. Because we know that Jesus is a reconciler. He says if you know somebody has done you wrong, what do you do? You go to them one-on-one. You tell them. If they, they, don't, they don't listen to you, take two or three with you. Tell them if they don't work, take them to the church. He also says, now if you know your brother or sister has something against you and you bring your gift to the altar, Leave your gift there and go and get things right. Then come back and present your gift. He's a reconciler. So don't tell me, oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit, yeah, he he convicted me, so I asked God to forgive me. I shouldn't have said that. I knew I shouldn't have said that. But you don't make it right with your wife, with your husband, with your children, with your employer, with your employees. You don't make it right. That's not God. That's not the Holy Spirit witness with you. So one way we'll know that the Holy Spirit is witness with our, our spirit, that we're a child of God, is that we are putting to death these ungodly deeds of this body, led by the Spirit of God. He's initiating it, he's leading, and we are following because Jesus said that he will bring to our remembrance the Holy Spirit. He's supposed to bring to our remembrance whatever Jesus has said to us. That's what it says. The Holy Spirit is supposed to bring us into conformity with Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one that's, that's been given us to bring us into our inheritance. So, so that's why we have to be put to death by the Spirit the deeds of the body. That's number one. Number two, verse 14. And you say, well, I didn't bring paper and pencil. Man. I, I can't remember all this. Yes, you can. Because you know you were in Romans 8. And we're talking about how does the Spirit testify of our spirit is verse 14. You go back to thir- verse 13. That's number one. Number two is verse 14. So you don't have to write it down. It's already written. And you say, well, I don't have my Bible. Well, you have an electronic device. You know, if you don't have an electronic device that has it, when you get home, open your Bibles and, and use it there. Verse 14. For all, and it says all, who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the who? Sons of God. How can I know that I'm saved? How can I really know? How can I know that my father was not saved before God gave me the grace to lead him to the Lord? How do I know? Because he wasn't being led by the Spirit of God. He was led by his own self. I know, because my dad did what he wanted to do. How he wanted to do it, that's what he did. You can tell my dad nothing. But then, after he got saved, ha ha, different story. Because we're a new creation, aren't we? It says we're being led by the Spirit. You say, oh, ha ha ha. I know I'm being led by the Spirit because I married Minerva. Oh, that was a spirit thing, boy. That was a spirit thing, you know? But he's not talking about that. He's not talking about that. Are you led by the Spirit to kill the sin nature? The sin nature in our bodies. Are you led by the Spirit to kill this sin? There's just Adamic nature that we inherited from the first Adam. Uh, Are we being led by the Spirit? Or do we do our own thing? 
I talked to so many young people. I talked to a young person, uh, I guess about three or four, five, six months ago. And uh, I said, uh, hey, do you have children? Yeah. I said, how long have you been married? Oh, I've never been married. Oh. Me and my husband, we kind of broke up. We're still, we're still, you know, together. But he doesn't, he, he kind of, I got upset to him because he, he, he didn't want to, to believe like I believe for spiritual things. Spiritual things? Oh. I said, you're spiritual, but he's not. Right. Oh. Now, you know and I know that that person is not led by the what? Spirit because they were not putting to death this sin nature of this body. They are not, we will go back to the first one, they're not mortifying, their flesh is doing just what it wants to do. That's what it wants to do. We can't do what we want to do. So one was, hey, you got to be, you got to be killing this flesh. That's that's what that's what mortify means to kill, to put to death. We got to be, we got to be beating up on this flesh, figuratively. Not literally now. Don't you come? Don't you? If you go home and and, and get a Stick and start beating yourself. No. Figuratively. Two, we're being led by the Spirit. So the best thing you can tell a person, they, they say, well, should I do this right here? You say, well, pray and ask God, what, what is he leading you to do? Because you don't, you don't want to be God for somebody. God don't, doesn't appreciate that. He doesn't appreciate that. So when I pay, give people advice, I said, well, look, this is what the word of God says. And now you need to pray and ask God what he says for you to do about this. Number three, verse 15. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of of adoption as sons by which and now listen to what it says now we haven't received a, a spirit of slavery again for fear but we have received a spirit of adoption as sons so we know that we have been adopted if we, if we are uh, Gentiles we know we've been adopted into God's family uh, we, we've been adopted as sons. What does that what 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 does that sound like? By which we cry, meaning that everybody who's been adopted, we cry, Abba, Father. Now, every time you see the Aramaic uh, word Abba, it's going to be Father. That's the, the interpretation is going to follow that. That's about three times, at least in the New Testament, Abba Father. But it means Father. Okay? Now, what does that sound like? The Holy Spirit giving testimony to our spirit that we are adopted as sons by which we cry, Abba Father. You are not going to get rid of this sin and put to death this sin not to be led by the Spirit to get rid of the sin, unless we cry out, Father, help me. Help me. Do you know your Father can do anything? Your Heavenly Father can do anything. We want our children to come to us. If they're small enough, you know. We want them to come to us. And we want them to say, Mom, Dad, you might usually say, Mom. They kind of 
leave us out of the picture sometimes. But they're going to go to the one that's sensitive to their needs, huh? in which a lot of cases is their mother. Is that right, Brianna? Yeah, you shaking your head. Yeah, you do. I know it. Yes, you do. Uh, just like I did. Yeah, you're going to go to no. Well, but see, God wants you to come to him. He said, I'm your father. I care about you. I love you. I birth you. I, I knew you before you were even in the womb, before the foundation of the, of the world. I knew you. He wants us to come to him. We're not going to get rid of some things unless we go to him and we cry out. It didn't say by which we say Abba Father. It didn't say that. It said cry out. Crying out is, is, is when you're crying out. I tell you when you when, when are crying out that they tell me I was not in there like some of these young people uh, they are, they are, they are young, 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 young people. I think young people might be fought on down. Uh, and you had children. What is that woman doing when she's, when she's uh, going through birth pains and, and going birth? Does she say, oh, oh, yes. Come on, yep. Come on out. Oh, come on out. Come on. Huh? Have you heard anything like that? No. What do women do? Oh, they cry out. Oh, they cry out. At least that's what, that's, what, that's what they tell me now. I won't in the room. But some people, the young people, they, 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 they let them go back there and, and uh, uh, you know, put on their little caps and gowns and everything and be there in the process. I would probably faint, die, roll over, and take me home, Lord. You know, <laughs> some of them. But really, uh, crying out. We're not going to get rid of something. Unless we cry out, God, God, Father, Father, help me, help me, Lord, help me. I can't, I can't get rid of this thing, Lord. I want to be free, but I'm in bondage to this, this one thing. I can't control my words. I can't control my eyes. I can't control my, my lust. I can't control whatever. God, help me, Lord. I believe that God wants us crying out. That's what, the, that's what the testimony of the Holy Spirit sounds like. The witness of the Holy Spirit sounds like. It sounds like, oh, if you know that the Spirit is initiating, you putting to death the deeds of the body. If you know that the Spirit of God is leading you to follow him and you will in step with the Holy Spirit. That's what I mean by being led by the Spirit. You're in step with the Spirit. As he leads, you follow. That's number two. If you know that, God, I'm crying out to you. I'm crying out to you. I don't have any, I don't have any pride. I'm on my knees before you, God. I'm crying out. Help me, Lord. I can't, I can't deal with this. Help me, Lord. He will answer. He's going to answer. That's number three. Number four, verse 17. How do we know what the Spirit testifies about the Spirit, the way the Spirit of God? It says, if children, we're heirs also. Heirs of God. Fellow heirs of Christ Jesus. That's just something that he put in there that gives us a promise. And when you have promises, it makes you want to do something extra, extra hard. It makes you want to do that with pleasure because of the promise that has been given you. Make A's this semester, son or daughter. I'm going to buy you a car of your choice. My goodness gracious, that person be studying night and day. You don't have to worry about it. He says that if children, we're heirs. Now, what does that mean? Well, Jesus said in John 17, he says that all things are mine. All things that are mine are yours. Jesus talking to the Father. 
was on his long prayer. And yours are mine. That's what he said. Matter of fact, in Psalm 24, verse 1, it says that the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, in the King James, says the fullness thereof means that all it contains in the New Mind Standard. The world and they that dwell therein. So, what doesn't belong to God? Nothing. Nothing. Why are we going to get all excited about the things of this earth? I don't care how beautiful they are. I don't care how enticing they are. I don't care what they are. Why in the world would I be concerned about that and excited about that when God tells me, you, my son, my daughter, you are an heir of mine. Matter of fact, you are joint heirs with Christ Jesus, or fellow heirs with Christ Jesus. One verse might say. Doesn't that give us a lot of promise? It should excite us because we say, wow, I want to be your child. Because that means that I'm going I'm to own everything that you have, God. Father, the whole ranch is mine. Every horse, every cattle, everything that you have is mine. Right? Because when you say, son, now you get your inheritance, it's all mine. It's all ours, isn't it? Yeah. But that was just an extra thing I said threw in there. But it says something here that will be the fourth thing. If. You say, why is this ill here? If indeed we suffer with him. Now him is not in the actual Greek. Let's put it in there to make it sound right. If we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. When are we going to be glorified? But I tell you what. Part of our inheritance is a glorified body. We are going to get a glorified body. This body, we don't have to moan and groan about killing this flesh when we get our glorified body. It won't have any desire to sin. Zilch. We don't have to worry about sin in this body. Because it's a glorified body. He said, Woo. How do I know that that's what it's talking about? Well, when you read the rest of it down here, that's what it's talking about. Because it says in verse 20, For the creation was subject to for children, not willing, but because of him who subjected it to hope, that the creation itself also would be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but we also ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly, eagerly for the adoption of as sons. I thought we were already sons. It's talking about the redemption of our body. Oh, we're going to get a glorified body. That's when we won't have to worry about it. But until that time, it, we're going to have to pick up our cross and follow him. We're going to have to suffer in this body. We're going to have to groan because we don't want to sin but we do sin sometimes. We don't want to keep doing what's wrong, but we keep doing what's wrong. You know what I'm talking about? Like Romans 7. 7. I mean, that, and, and so we are saying, God, Lord, oh, Father, 
help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Because it's hard. It's hard to do what's right all the time when his flesh wants to do what's wrong all the time. Do you know what I'm saying? Huh? Yeah. And you say, well, uh, my flesh always wants to do what's right. I don't know what kind of flesh you got. My Bible tells me there's no good thing in this flesh right now. So that's how you know that you are a child of God. You have this testimony of the Holy Spirit that you're a child of God. And that testimony is that, number one, you are putting to death the deeds of this body. You are walking in step with the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit leads, you follow. You are crying out, Father, help me, help me. I don't want to sin. And you are suffering, going through suffering in his body because you want to be glorified with him. So I'm going to suffer with him. Because Jesus, as all, we haven't been, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> trying to resist sin or resist temptation or resist with drops of blood, have we? No. Like Jesus in the garden against guess him, and he was, you know, he, he was going through some things. We're going to have to go through some things too to make sure we stay in the Spirit. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.